Welcome to Chasing Compliance, the global regulatory podcast. I am very excited to share with you today my conversation with Carrie Eklund. Carrie and I talk about her experience in chemistry, manufacturing, and controls, or CMC. For those not familiar, CMC generally refers to the activities and documentations related to um, the characterization, monitoring, and evaluation of pharmaceuticals from their initial synthesis to commercialization and large-scale manufacture. We discuss her career in CMC, she started at the bench and moved into writing, and we discuss her role at Global where she's had the opportunity to work on a wide variety of CMC writing projects. We also discuss the role of the CMC writer and CMC consultant in the overall regulatory and pharmaceutical space, the value of teamwork and a strong company culture, what she loves about being a writer and working as a consultant, her perspective on the challenges facing CMC writers today, and some tips for improving the lives of all involved in CMC. A little more about Carrie's background. Carrie holds a bachelor's in engineering, chemical engineering, and cell molecular biology from Tulane, and a master's of education from Montana State University. Carrie's career in CMC started in 2000 as a bioengineering research assistant. She's worked as a biochemical engineer, technical writer and editor, and currently holds the position of senior manager in the CMC team at Global, where she is responsible for supervising a team of technical writers, authoring technical documents, and assisting clients with regulatory strategy, project management, and process improvement. Let's hear from Carrie. Carrie, thank you so much for joining us today. You're welcome, Jamie. I'm excited to be here. Starting from the very beginning, what actually got you interested in CMC and brought you into the technical writing and medical writing world? Well, ever since I was a young kid, I have always had an interest in biotechnology and medicine. And after graduating in chemical engineering and molecular biology, I worked in vaccine research and development for several years. Um, And I was working on um, you know, prophylactic vaccine programs and um, mammalian cell culture um, with live virus, which is a, is a super unique uh, CMC area. And I actually continue to leverage this experience every day in the writing that I do. Um, but my path to a full-time writing career was pretty circuitous. Um, I can go into all the curves that I took over the years, but ultimately um, writing enables me to remain engaged with the field that I love and that I'm passionate about while living in a place that I also love. Um, We actually run a family farm in central Montana. So there's not a lot of biotech jobs here, but regulatory and technical writing uh, coupled with really the explosion of remote work opportunities that's happened over the past decade um, has enabled me to contribute to projects around the world, literally, literally around the world, while maintaining uh, the flexibility that I need for the life that I lead with my family. Well, that's a great reason. So, you know, one thing that I've heard is, you know, for people that are looking to get into the field is, well, I'd like to be able to ask my own research questions. I love looking at data, but I would like to answer my own questions. Now, not to bias your answer in any direction, I don't find that at all. I love reviewing research. I love coming up with opinions and I love just seeing the science behind really, really cool new 
um, treatment paradigms, you know, cause by, by definition, we're kind of sitting on the rate on the cutting edge, building these regulatory portfolios and strategies. Do you ever find that you miss the research or any aspect of that? I do find, I mean, I am still truly a lab rat at heart. Um, and I do find myself sometimes going down that path of, man, how would I solve this problem if I were in a lab and I had, you know, the experimental design at my fingertips? But it's really a whole different type of problem solving uh, that we do on a daily basis in CMC because we're, we're taking the science that has been done on a bench scale or, you know, ultimately a, a manufacturing scale, and we're taking it that next level to application and to the patients. And there is, you know, there's regulatory sciences. It's, it's really a thing. It's presenting that data in a way that makes the case to the agency um, and then has a very real impact um, literally on the world and maybe your family and your neighbors. So I do miss it because I really love aseptic te technique and I love getting gowned up head to toe to go into a class 100 manufacturing suite, but that knowledge is still there. And I do still apply that. Um, I'm just in a different level of, of problem solving and, and it has a different kind of fulfillment now. Absolutely. You can still be intellectually challenged and creative and pro solve problems, but all within the regulatory framework. That's what I tell every, all yeah. of my friends, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm asking just as many questions. The questions are just different, right? And it's cool to be so much closer to the patient, right? Yep, absolutely. And I still 100% nerd out every day, even though I'm not in a lab publishing scientific papers. Exactly. <laughs> and you have no midnight time points or, you I know, know. Yep. I know. Or animals to take care of on the holidays. Exactly. You were one of the first to join the global CMC team. What brought you to global? Well, I've been with global since uh, 2017. And prior to that, I had been working as a freelance technical writer for several years prior to starting with Global full-time. And I actually started with Global as one of my clients um, as a freelance writer. But when it became apparent that the CMC work stream was going to be a longer-term client base for the company, um, it was actually a very easy decision for me to come on board full-time to build the CMC team. You know, it's, it's really exciting to be working for a company when the leadership shares a vision um, that aligns with your values and that they're excellent people on board um, that want to run a business that is really focused on technical excellence while also caring about their employees so much. Um, my personal life and my work-life balance is very, very important to me. Um, and Global has always been dedicated to that. Um, and that was a big decision factor for me. Um, and I'm, I continue to be honored by the opportunity that Global gave me and the trust that they um, gave to me as soon as I started. Um, and, and I'm really proud of where we've come over the past few years. It's been a really great journey. Can you briefly give us a picture of what CMC looked like at Global looked like in 2017 and what it looks like today from both the team perspective <laughs> and areas you work in? Sure. Um, so in, in 2017, uh, CMC was a team of one. That was me. Um, and then um, we worked 
primarily with, you know, with a single client at that time. Um, and obviously what we could support them with was, was limited with, with only one person supporting that team. But as our responsibilities with that client grew, um, we brought on a few part-time people. Um, and, you know, it's really only grown from there. Now we're a team of, I believe, 19 um, with a client base of, gosh, I think more than more than 10 to 15 active clients. Right now, um, it's just an incredible growth over a short period of time. And, you know, we've been lucky to find people that have joined that share that vision and share that desire for work-life balance and, and that, um, that interest in, in nerding out on these technical details every day. It's, so. it's amazing the caliber of coworkers we have. Not trying to be totally plugging right now, but, you know, I absolutely love everyone I work with and you know, from both a personality standpoint and the intellectual prowess is amazing. So. I completely agree with you. Um, I am honored to work with the people on the CMC team every day. Um, and we really try when we hire people, we really hire excellent scientists and engineers um, who just happen to have an interest in writing. So we all come from some sort of, um, you know, bench, or quality or manufacturing or analytical background. So we're just such a mixing pot of expertise. Um, and then we, we call that something, we call that our centers of excellence within the CNC team. But really what it does is it, it gives us an incredible intellectual capital within our CNC team uh, that we can just leverage in a way that we never could, or I never could as a freelance writer. You know, there you're a team of one here we're a team of, of 19 and we absolutely leverage each other's experience every day. It's incredible. So cool. That's so cool. So piggybacking off that, um, as a freelancer and at global, you've had the opportunity to work with a large variety of clients in different projects. Um, what, what types of projects have you worked on? Um, and what types of documents have you submitted over your time? You know, one of the cool things about working at Global is the incredible breadth of, of documents I've been able and product types that I've been able to be a part of during my time here. Um, I've worked on both regulatory CMC and technical CMC documentation uh, during my time at Global. The regulatory deliverables include biological license applications uh, or BLAs, investigational new drug applications for phase one to phase three clinical studies, drug master files, uh, agency correspondence, including briefing documents for the U.S. and the European Union. Uh, and the product types have ranged from novel first-in-class treatments um, to biosimilars to prophylactic vaccines to complex biologic platforms. Um, it's really been incredible what I've had exposure to over the last three years and have been able to make a difference in. Uh, for the technical documents, I've worked on everything from uh, batch records, uh, product and analytical development summary reports, basically taking you know lab notebooks um, and PowerPoint presentations and synthesizing that into a document that then can support a regulatory filing, uh, SOPs, comparability, protocols, technical transfer protocols, qualification protocols, and reports. Um, and again, for all types of projects, small molecules uh, to complex biologics. 
Well, that's so cool. What a wide array of things to work on. I'm sure that there's... It's incredible. Yeah. No, no boring days ever. There are no boring days. I totally agree. And also, I should emphasize that sounded like an enormous amount of work for one person. This obviously is, is a reflection of, of, of totally a team effort. Um, and that is really how we write and how we approach projects is, um, is, is leveraging the experience of our whole team. Yeah, and it really makes things click. It's, yeah, yeah. it's fantastic. It's incredibly efficient, too. It really blows my mind um, how fast we can turn around some of these documents when we leverage, you know, the experience and expertise that we have have in-house already. Plus the experience we have of, of producing several um, iterations of these, of these uh, different documents, uh, we gain a lot of efficiencies in-house um, as we turn them around. People like swore off teamwork. You know, they're, you know, <laughs> teamwork is a millennial thing and that's what they do in school. And I sit here in my silo, but no, I, I totally agree with you. I mean, it's amazing the efficiency you can gain by building a group of trusted, you know, trusted team and just, you know, cranking it out. The, the saying many hands make light work didn't come from nowhere. Right. And it's still true today exactly. and we can trace this back hundreds of years. So yeah, I think that's really neat. It's, is there one particular project that's like your favorite type of project or are there any projects that stick out in your mind where you're like, man, we, we clenched victory from the jaws of defeat here, or, you know, the challenges we thought were insurmountable or, you know, something that really like sticks out in your mind, a place that you go to when you need a win internally. Well, I mean, I think, I think there's, dozens of examples I could, I could pick from here. You know, uh, there's always challenges as we try to, you know, meet an aggressive regulatory timeline. Uh, you know, each project has its own challenges. So there's certainly a lot of examples I could choose from, but I- I'm going to go back to my roots <laughs> for the answer here. Uh, I totally love manufacturing batch records. Um, so these are basically the documents, uh, sometimes thousands of pages long, uh, that a production floor will use to to actually manufacture and make make the product. You know, so it's really step by step directions. Um, you know, unambiguous processes uh, for operators to follow follow to make the product. You know, the exact same way, it's the exact same quality uh, every single time they do it. And I really enjoy translating a manufacturing process into those executable details for a reliable manufacturing process. I just, um, I just really enjoy it because there's often challenging, you know, realistic on the ground limitations that require creative solutions. Um, and I love using language to address those limitations and to remove ambiguity. Um, and then conversely, I really enjoy using those batch records to author regulatory documents, um, I think really at heart, I'm an engineer that really loves to visualize how stuff is made. And I can use my experience from early in my career to, to put myself on that manufacturing floor and like put myself in the shoes of the operator. Um, and this job really enables me to learn and understand a lot about process engineering for so many different types of projects and products. Well, it's amazing that you can think outside of the box and come up with solutions, right? That doesn't always 
happen easily for everyone. So that's really neat. Yep. And it's, uh, it's a window to the product soul. Um, and whenever I start a project, that's one of the first source documents I ask for, because it's just how I, how I can wrap my head around um, what the product is all about. One time I was at a conference and I said to somebody that I really like writing CERs, which is primarily what I write. I really like writing CERs because I think you can be really creative. And they looked at me like I had a horn coming out of my head. But you're speaking to exactly this. There, There are ways, you know, there are potentially many different approaches to solve a problem here or within any regulatory framework. And finding the best solution is it's it's kind of a rush. It's, re- it's really neat. Um, and being able to use language to, to demonstrate compliance and to, um, highlight the, the, the product and find a pathway forward when there may not have been a clear one. Do you have any like stories off the top of your head where you you came up with a neat solution for a, a regulatory problem? Sure. Uh, one constant challenge for the regulatory space is to manage the earliest filing possible while waiting for the necessary data. Uh, I really enjoyed staging submissions carefully around those data deliverables. Um, We use a staged approach that front loads as much authoring as possible. We've actually executed submission turnarounds of only a day or two from when the final data set is received. It, It takes a lot of planning, an awareness of impacted sections. Um, and of course, the data has to come out as expected. You know, if there's any challenges um, or, or complex interpretation that has to happen, that kind of throws things for a loop. But it is really satisfying to execute, ex- to execute so efficiently. Um, and CMC sometimes doesn't get the spotlight it deserves. Um, and most people don't really understand how CMC works into the healthcare products that they use on a day-to-day basis. Um, what, what do you think the role of the CMC writer is in the industry today and where would we be without CMC? Absolutely. That's a fantastic point. Um, CMC is, it's how products are manufactured with quality and consistency every time. Every pharmaceutical, I mean, I'm sure this is true in devices too. I'm only going to speak to pharmaceuticals because you know, that's where CMC is applicable, but um, it's all made in a production facility, you know, no matter how custom the product um, and that production is governed by CMC. I, I think what's changed in the industry in recent years is the recognition that CMC writing can be done by someone other than the engineers and scientists who are on the manufacturing floor or are, you know, uh, the bench scientists. Um, as a product is moving towards clinical studies or commercialization, those sponsor engineers and scientists have a lot to do. You know, they're finalizing the manufacturing process and transferring it to a larger facility or facilities. They're qualifying the process. They're preparing for facility inspections. They're training production staff. They're preparing internal documentation and SOPs. At Global, our CMC team is made up of scientists and engineers. We've all been in the roles at the sponsor level. We know what the team is working on, and we 100% understand the language and the tasks at hand. But 
we bring our writing expertise and our extensive regulatory knowledge and strategies. Ultimately, what our clients are realizing, and we're seeing this across the industry, and I think this really explains the growth that our department has seen over the past few years, is that a dedicated CMC writing team really, and even if it's outside, you know, in a consultant firm like ours, uh, this dedicated team brings efficiencies to both the regulatory and technical doc documentation process. It's about the bottom line, right? Um, CMC writers can prepare these documents while the sponsor staff focus on other technical deliverables. So we have activities now happening in parallel. Um, and, and this can really result in a massive increase in efficiency as well as a really high quality written product. Well, on top of that, I think you can just generally improve the lives of people working at these companies. You know, the last yeah. thing I think some engineers want to do or bench scientists after, you know, a really, really hard day's work of figuring things out, controlling everything, doing the rigorous work that they do to sit down and try to figure out this document that they're going to try to write. And but they have all these other priorities, whereas you do this you know, day in and day out, and you know exactly what you're looking for when you open up, you know, every input, you know exactly how the output should be written. And it, it really is efficiency. And with improved efficiency, I think you really can improve the quality of life of really everybody on the project. Would you agree? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, really, uh, you know, I, I've been that engineer with my workload of, you know, technical deliverables I have to do. And then, you know, I usually have to set aside sometimes a week or a month to catch up on all my documentation deliverables. Um, and sometimes just staring at that white piece of paper after or white screen, to be real, this isn't happening on paper anymore. Um, but like after a long day in the lab, and then looking at that paper and saying, I have it all in my head. Um, how do I even start translating this? You know, we, we're the catalyst there. You know, you don't have to start from a blank sheet of paper. We know what it's supposed to look like. You know, of course, we work closely with the sponsor to, to review and edit and refine the documents. But um, we can absolutely get you over that activation energy hump um, to get your documentation moving and moving quickly and smoothly. I was just about to say, uh, we can lower the activation energy, you know, I, we, love, it. <laughs> I love that you get my activation energy jokes. Uh, we, one yeah. of my favorite things about working with technical folks, Glo the global <laughs> global is an enzyme and we will get uh, you know, to market. Yeah. That's awesome. That's, oh, great. that's great. There could be a new slogan. We'll bring that up someday. Mm, something tells me it's not going to. Uh, well, we'll see. Yeah, we'll bring it up. <laughs> no ideas are bad ideas, right? No ideas are bad ideas. Um, it's funny though. People, people will ask me, you know, in my neighborhood, what do you do? And I usually say, you know, I'm a writer and they get really excited, you know, thinking I'm a novelist or a journalist or something like that. And I say, no, there's only probably about 20 people in the world who read what I write. Um, and then I make some sort of activation energy joke and it usually falls flat. So I appreciate this audience and, Oh yeah, no, you that, understand my 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 chemistry joke. That was funny. <laughs> that's great. That's fantastic. Yeah, I that's a good approach. I tell people that I am a a medical writer, and they are like, "Oh, how's what's it like being a scribe?" 
like, oh, it's not what I do. (laughs) (laughs) No, Uh, sometimes I get confused with like a medical transcriptionist too. Yep. Um, or medical billing, you know, that's that's a little bit more accessible, but no, it's much, much more specialized than that. And, and, um, and, and a totally different kind of writing for sure. Definitely a different kind of writing. Both cool, all kinds necessary, neat, but absolutely yeah, definitely absolutely. different. So you've worked in-house as a CMC writer and you've also, or on the floor as an engineer, you've worn a lot of hats um, and now you're a consultant and you're kind of backed away from the day-to-day to some degree with the clients. Um, and I think that in some ways, for, at least in my experience, can be challenging uh, because you're not there for the conversations that set up strategy um, and you're hearing them secondhand. But I think there are a lot of advantages of working as a consultant. What do you think are some advantages of working as a consultant in CMC? Sure, that's a that's a good question. Of, of course, my, you know, my lifestyle, you know, living in Montana uh, has something to do with my ability to work on a manufacturing floor. Um, but. I still think, you know, one of the major advantages of being a consultant is that I've gained so much experience and exposure to successful strategies. I mean, working with multiple clients and multiple projects, um, multiple product types, uh, I'm not siloed really in in any way in terms of the type of work that I do. And uh, working with such a broad spectrum has enabled us to develop best practices and learn from successes and failures from a lot of different perspectives. This is far more than I could have gained from working um, in a regulatory department at a large pharmaceutical company. I also appreciate the work-life balance that I've been able to maintain with the consultant role and the team-based approach that global supports. Uh, This is a stressful field, really full of constant deadlines. Um, and really, with few exceptions, I feel like we're able to lean on each other at Global to really prevent burnout. There's certainly days and there's certainly deadlines that have to be met. You know, there's late nights, there's occasional weekend hours. Um, but considering that we do these submissions, uh, you know, back to back to back to back, um, I feel like the management um, as a consultant is, is maybe a little bit easier to bear um, than, than being in-house and responsible uh, for them in that way. Do you see any disadvantages? There are a few disadvantages. I think the first is that we don't always get to celebrate the successes in the same way as clients or sponsors do, right? We see the positive press briefings and news stories. We kind of get to have a little quiet cheer inside, you know, sometimes within within our team meetings. But, you know, since our client list is confidential, we really don't get to to loudly shout and share these success stories. But, you know, we do certainly celebrate, you know, on the inside. Um, also, as a consultant, we don't always have visibility to the outcomes of our work. Um, agency feedback is really the most valuable input we can have. And some clients do share this information with us so we can apply it to the next project with them. But other deliverables are really just to the point of submission. And then the only feedback we really have um, is to what will ultimately come out in the public domain and, you know, in three to six months. That's really interesting. And, you know, I, I, 
I do think that that is one, the, the part about not being able to necessarily celebrate with the team. I felt that a few times, you know, my team, we can internally high five and feel good, but, but yeah, we don't get to, you know, publicly announce things. We can't put it on our LinkedIn, that type of thing, you know, which is, which is, (laughs) which is totally fine. At the end of the day, you know, we're helping get products closer to people that need them, which I think for me at least is, is a reward enough. And it seems like these fields are becoming all of the regulatory space is becoming more challenging um, across everything that I've seen, which is in some respects really good, but also makes our day to day a little bit more challenging. What do you think are some of the new challenges that CMC um, writers face? And are those um, different from the scientists and the engineers on the ground? I mean, the day to day work is different, but are the is the are there any unique regulatory challenges that writers have to surmount? Um, and are these unique to third party writing teams or are they experienced by everybody? What, what do you think? I think there's a number of challenges, um, you know, not the least of which is, is the pace at which development and discovery is moving. Um, you know, it's, it's just an explosion in the field. And I think it's going to continue that way uh, for many years to come. Um, but but at, the, at the core of it, I think communication remains the greatest challenge. And this is true no matter what part of CMC you work in. We all love the data so much. But it's really important to consider the written document as part of the data package, right? If you didn't do it and you don't write it, it just it doesn't count. Um, and it can't be applied towards that ultimate goal uh, of getting these treatments into the, into the patients. Um, and I really enjoy having a job where I can support the communication of good science. Um, and I think organizations like Global are absolutely part of the, the solution. You know, we can help to facilitate that communication. And we are professional professional communicators. And, and the more clearly you can convey your message, uh, the better. Because it's going to lead to a, an easier review process um, with the agencies. It's going to lead, you know, if you're talking about your technical documentation, if that's clear and purposeful, um, and unambiguous, that's going to make it easier to write that submission when the time comes. Uh, I think it all comes down to, to good, efficient, clear communication, because that's going to be then uh, the route behind strategies to, to address the other challenges that are facing the industry. Absolutely. And I, you know, the pace of innovation and discovery has really picked up over the last you know, five, two, five, ten years to think, you know, the exponential jump we've took from one area to another, you know, the introduction of new technologies. The first that pops into my mind is CRISPR um, and just a a change in the landscape where, um, you know, the, the bar has been raised across the board. It I think it can be really challenging to maintain a work life balance and to feel like you're doing enough. Um, and one way, right. one, one way to, to, to improve efficiency is to reach out to people that have done this and have been there and say, oh, you know, 
go this way, don't go this way. You don't need to spend time on this. You do need to spend time on that. You know, that, that right. type of thing and, and having that, that knowledge is, is really pivotal. So if, if, you, if you out there are finding yourself stuck on a problem or don't want to write a document or something of that nature, we invite you to reach out to literally, you know, anybody with experience in the field. Um, you know, we would be happy to help you consult on your strategy and, and where you should move forward and give you some tips and tricks. And, and over the next year, um, global is we're going to work on putting out some best practice statements that identify, you know, we're seeing notified bodies and regulatory bodies say this consistently, nobody's addressing it. Just deal with this from the beginning. Th those types of, you know, trying to prevent problems before they rise up. I think that, you know, don't, don't, be afraid to use resources around you, whether that's us or whether that's, you know, a more experienced colleague or anything like that. There's no need to re reinvent the wheel in this space. Um, it's moving fast, but, but there are people who have very likely been in the position that you you're in already. Um, given the, the benchmark uh, products that have made it out in the last, you know, two to five years, there is probably someone out there that you can turn to for sure. And, and I think there's, there may be, this is just me total conjecture here, but there may be some spillover from academia. One thing that you just said was, I love communicating good science. And I think that a lot of people get stuck in, I just need to communicate science. I need to write the papers to get the lines on the CV. I need to, you know, put in the INDs. I need to, you know, make some type of false benchmark to demonstrate productivity where that's, you know, that kind of falls away in the area that we work. And what our, you know, our goal is, is to get the best products out in the market as fast and as painlessly as possible. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and you know, the type of communication that we do um, is very different than what you would, the approach that you would take even to write a scientific or academic paper. Um, and this is something we, we talk about uh, with our writers a lot, especially as they're coming from an academic background, if they're coming from an academic background is, you know, we really focus on science tends to write, this is what I did, this is a really cool experiment I did, and then here's the conclusion that I came to. But really for effective communication in a regulatory space, you want to flip that around. You want to start with the conclusion. You want to say, this is what our science showed us. This is the decision that we've made, and this is why. And then go into the data and then go into the evidence that, that supports that. It's the, the claims, reasons, evidence approach to writing. Um, and, and I think that really improves the communication uh, strategies that we use in our regulatory submission. Absolutely. I mean, it's all about yeah. packaging, right? You could have the best product in the world. And if it's packaged incorrectly, it's, it's just not going to sell, which yep. is unfortunate. So yeah. shifting gears a little bit, um, we have seen a massive shift in the traditional workplace with the, the COVID work from home revolution. Um, everyone at global is a pro at working from home because that's all we know. Um, as far as you know, working in this particular, you know, when we work with global, um, but a lot of people are new to this and, and find it really challenging. I, I talk to one of my best friends every day for a month, giving him tips, saying, you know, 
maybe, you know, set a schedule, do these things. Do, do you have any recommendations for CMC writers um, that are moved into a re- remote environment and are used to working in an office space or in a facility? And does this present any unique challenges um, I, I, I think it does present unique challenges. I think um, I, I'm 100% an introvert and clearly made the decision to work from home <laughs> as a career choice. And I, and I enjoy the quiet and the isolation that um, that working from home gets me. But I, and it's important to acknowledge that uh, you do need that human interaction and you can definitely reach out and support that. And, you know, we've shown at Global, you can still create that that team environment. And if you're an extrovert, you may need to make sure you put a little extra effort into it so you get that energy that you need. Um, but aside from that, you know, routines and a separate space uh, are both incredibly useful. I show up to work at the same time every day. I end work at the same time every day. I actually, I'm lucky enough that I have a, a separate building on my property that I, you know, have a 20 yard commute uh, that I walk to. And that, that helps a lot. It separates my home and my office and, um, also be kind to yourself. Right. And, you know, I'm 20 yards from my house. Uh, there's going to be kids and dogs and cats and lawnmowers in the background, um, of your calls or of your video conferences and be kind to yourself. When that happens, it's happening to everybody. Um, right now it's kind of just, uh, just life in the time of COVID. <laughs> I mean, that's great advice. Just understand that everybody understands that we're all human and we all have lives and we're all kind of making it work um, within our, our new scenario. Absolutely. And I think seeing the life going on in the background of your coworkers um, calls and, and videos just reminds us all that we are all human. You know, we are, we all have other things going on in our world and, to me, working remotely and, and seeing that for, for both my coworkers and, and, you know, the clients that we work with, to me, enhances the, the human component of what we do every day and, and makes me feel closer to everybody. So I feel like it's, it's beautiful when I see your kids run in the background. It's not a distraction. I totally agree. I totally agree. And, you know, if for those of you who are, are nervous about entering the remote workspace, but would like to and think that they're going to be lonely all day or you're going to be lonely all day or, um, you know, never get to see your coworkers. I mean, I'm, I'm talking to people all day. I can't speak to other firms, but at global, I'm, you know, absolutely talking to people all day and it's not all business necessarily all the time. I mean, you know, we definitely get stuff done and are, are, are focused, but you know, we, I think we have a, we have a good work culture. I feel like I know everybody that I work with. I think we're really lucky that way. And, you know, we had a bit of a head start um, since global has been remote from the get go, but uh, we do as a company put effort into um, making sure that it's part of our culture um, and making sure that, you know, we do have time to not just talk strictly business that we do have time to have, you know, what would be the equivalent of a coffee having coffee with a coworker or chatting for a second as you microwave your lunches together. Um, and that makes a big difference too. But I think I agree with you, Jamie. I, I, I feel like I know and enjoy all the folks that I work with on a daily basis too. Absolutely. Well, your time is worth its weight in gold right now. So I have two more questions for you. One of them is serious. One of them is not so serious. Um, the first 
it doesn't have to be serious, but the more um, professional question is, do you have any recommendations for best practices for CMC? We could talk about this for like hours and I would, would love that, but some quick takes from your experience today and working with a bunch of different regulatory bodies on a bunch of different submissions, any overarching tips you would give people, common mistakes, those types of things. I think I agree with you. We could talk about this for hours, but I think maybe, you know, maybe in my ideal world, and I, and I think several clients are startling, starting to realize this now. Um, but the CMC would be driven by the regulatory deliverable coupled with excellent science. Really all this means is like, have your eye on the goal, right? Like what do we need to demonstrate to the regulatory agencies, you know, X, Y, Z about our product. Like think about it from the end goal and work backwards to understand even, even what experiments, what science needs to be, done and executed and tied together uh, to meet that to meet that that output that goal especially as the timelines timelines are ever accelerating you know alignment between the content required for various clinical phases and commercialization filings and the CMC work streams and associated documentation like as much as you can tie that together um, at a high level and, and align that approach across your team um, that has the potential to really improve uh, development and submission efficiencies. So keep the end in mind, keep the goal in mind. Um, and I think, I think we're seeing that. I think we're seeing movement towards that. And, and we've had a really great, great time helping our clients realize that. That's excellent advice. Absolutely. Okay. The non-serious question. Okay. We like to end every we like to end every show with a segment I like to call favorite Friday night or fun Friday night, um, where I ask everybody, "What's your favorite food? What's your favorite activity on Fridays?" You know, work is really hard. We all like to decompress on Fridays. We definitely do here at Global, um, and I think each of us settles into kind of a favorite Friday night routine. What's yours? What does it look like? And are you the type of person that likes to stay till, you know, 6 p.m. to make sure all the I's are dotted and the T's are crossed and you're going to come into a super easy Monday? Or are you the type that heads out at three for the mountains to go? Camp? <laughs> uh, I would definitely be the latter. I'm definitely the one that likes to head out early. And actually, I like to head out so early that I actually make the most of, of Global's flexible work hours and actually work for four days a week. So I actually enjoy Thursday, Fridays. <laughs> so I, I like my Fridays so much. I start them on Thursday. Um, so yeah, I, you know, I just, I love being outside. I love spending the time with my family and, and really once that, that switch pending any other crisis, you know, I'm full on family mode. Um, we have campfires in our yards. Sometimes we just pitch our tents in our yards. Sometimes it just means we're all together um, and cooking dinner together, but it's just a full stop on the work picture and a switch into full on family mode and, and fun. And, and I really enjoy that, whether it's a walk or a bike ride um, or board games, it almost doesn't matter, but it is, that Thursday, Friday switch off and and off into the immersion of family time. My favorite. Oh, that sounds wonderful. So you live in Montana. I live in Colorado, in the mountains of Colorado. 
and my favorite Friday nights look very similar to that. Typically involve a long bike ride and a nice dinner and, you know, a relaxing evening. That's absolutely, you know, just getting out, communing with nature a little bit to set the tone for the weekend. Huge fan. Absolutely. That sounds wonderful. Carrie, thank you so much for joining us today. I know that you're working on a, a couple of really intense projects right now, and we really appreciate you taking time out of your busy day to come chat with us. Thank you very much. Thank you so much, Jamie. Have a great evening. Thank you for listening to this episode of Chasing Compliance. And once again, a huge thank you to Carrie for joining us today. If you have any further questions regarding the topics we discussed on today's show, please don't hesitate to reach out to us directly through email at info at globalrwc.com or by visiting our website, www.globalrwc.com. There you can find show notes, links to other episodes of the podcast, and more information regarding our approach to solving a variety of regulatory challenges. 